My name is Zoya Mabuto Mukuditwa, and I am going to be taking you through the session. So, colleagues, uh, we're also going to make it interactive today. So, Sobako, even as you move people, please, I do want us to be able to engage and to participate. Um, the more engaging I think the sessions are, the more we're able to make them worthwhile uh, for everybody. So I think I gave us some work from last week, if I remember. I think I may have asked you, you know, what are you going to start? What are you going to stop? I think I may have given you that work. Um, and maybe just to high level, just get a little bit of feedback from everyone. So Malitzadzi was actually sharing with me that she's been able to apply some of what we've covered up until this point um, in, in, in real life experiences back in her role um, as GM at one of the mines. Uh, and maybe just to get a little bit of feedback from others of you uh, who have joined, uh, who have been able to apply some of the concepts we've covered. Dudu, can we hear from you? Um, and then we'll kickstart our session. I haven't as yet had an opportunity to apply um, um, any of the, the, the stuff that we've been talking about through the sessions, but hopefully there'll be an opportunity soon um, to test that out. Okay. And so maybe, maybe to do as a response to that, to say, colleagues, please don't wait for the opportunities, create the opportunities to test it so that whilst the learning and the material is still fresh, um, you're able to start to translate it. A lot of this work is about, you know, flexing that muscle for lack of a better metaphor. Uh, so think about it as, as one would if you were going to go, you know, to the gym and you start, you know, you discover a muscle that you didn't realize you have. And then that muscle is going to develop relative to your willingness to work it out. And so maybe just by way of encouragement to say, please, uh, you know, don't wait for the opportunities to come to you. Seek the opportunities. Go and look out for the opportunities. Volunteer. Raise your hand to say, I would like to contribute um, before they ask you to contribute and then start to apply some of what we've covered. So that's really my short response. But thank you so much, colleagues. Uh, let's, let's now start with today's session. So, so today's session is all about leveraging the power of your voice, leveraging the power of your voice. And I think the program itself is all about being heard. And, you know, I, I love to think of the voice as, as an instrument. And it's an instrument we all have, and it's an instrument that we can all play. But very often, you know, colleagues, a lot of us don't play this instrument to its full extent. In fact, you know, across the years, as I do this work, uh, there is a tendency for us to actually maybe use a very small portion of the register uh, of our voice. So if the register, for example, was A to Z, uh, you know, what we find typically is that people are using something somewhere in the middle, uh, but a very, very limited range of what we're able to, uh, you know, uh, achieve with our voices. So part of today's session is going to be exploring this idea that you've got this beautiful voice that can be used in dynamic ways. We're going to look at how you can use the voice in relation to, you know, presenting online. So we're relying predominantly on our voices as we present online. I've heard too many monotone, boring presentations. And with a few tweaks, you know, we can just find ways to, to, to really bring dynamism uh, to our online presentations. And so today's session is really going to be about that. And of course, uh, we're going to look at what is the voice first and foremost. So how is the sound produced? Then we're going to go to, you know, what are the qualities that make up a good voice? We're going to look at all of those, explore those. We'll do a couple of 
activities. And then I'm actually going to assist you with a tool that you can use back in your presentations um, as you add dynamism color um, into your presentations. Um, and then, of course, at the end off, if we have some time with a couple of activities you can do to ensure that you continue to have a good quality sounding voice. Um, and that should be what we do for today's session. Okay, so in terms of, you know, what I've said, I've said really it is about leveraging the power of your voice, what is voice, the qualities that make up a good voice. We'll do a little bit of activities and then if we can get to it, we'll come to, uh, you know, in terms of our voices, colleagues, uh, you know, what are breathing activities, etc. So what is the voice? We're saying the voice is the primary medium for communicating your message. So outside of nonverbal communication, which is what we looked at last week, looking at how we use our physical bodies, right, to communicate the messages, the voice as, the, as, 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 your, as your verbal communication is that medium that's responsible for communicating your message. And of course, we say that this is the link between you and your listeners. You will appreciate that in the session last week, we really spoke to how your nonverbals, I think for the most part, contribute or aid. And that's why there's got to be synchronicity between what you say and what you do. Uh, because the two work hand in hand to produce a coherent, believable, credible message. But the primary medium is actually that voice. Okay, so that's what the voice really kind of does in respect of speaking or communicating. Um, and maybe just to ask you quickly, colleagues, and you can type on the chat function, what qualities do you think make up a good voice? What qualities do you think make up a good voice? Okay, so someone said tone. Absolutely, one of them. Okay, a deep midnight DJ <laughs> voice. <laughs> I love this one. Ooh-wee. We can tell Malitati listens to somebody deep in the night <laughs> who has a midnight DJ voice. Dudu says, in an even tone, not too high or too low, but able to vary the tone and pitch. Absolutely. I think, I think a, a, a dynamic voice uh, is one that's also, you know, a, a good quality voice is dynamic, uh, where, where there is variance between tone and pitch and all that kind of thing. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. Okay. So, so let's leave those contributions for now um, and maybe just keep them flowing. But perhaps, colleagues... You know, just to say a couple of things will make for a good quality voice. Um, and I'm going to talk to those shortly. Okay, my screen stopped sharing. So a couple of things. And I'm going to unpack these a little bit later. But really, for the most part, we're saying that the volume, how loud or soft you speak, uh, is going to contribute to the quality of voice that we're able to appreciate. Uh, think of somebody who speaks too softly. You have to lean in because you can't hear what they are saying. So volume becomes critical in terms of quality of voice. We say rate or pace, and I think somebody mentioned that already. This is where we're speaking to kind of how fast or slow you speak. Again, I'll unpack these a little bit later. But if you can appreciate when somebody speaks too fast, we sometimes lose what they are trying to communicate. Uh, we, got, we can't hear what it is that they're trying to say. We talk about pitch. This is how high or low. Uh, this is the low or high frequency of your voice. Um, and here again, we'll unpack it. And then, of course, we say energy. And nothing is worse than a voice that is dull sounding. 
uh, flat, un uninspired. You want a voice that's a little bit lively, got a bit of energy. It's always wonderful listening to people who speak from a passionate place. And we'll unpack this a little bit. And for the most part, we say the quality. Um, and quality here is the kind of voice where, you know, you project confidence as you speak. There's a warmth to your voice. There's a sincerity. You know, you're sincere. Um, and even a friendliness as well uh, might contribute to quality. But we'll unpack those uh, as we move along. But perhaps, colleagues, just as you think about your voice, right? If I ask you the question, what is your voice? Uh, what is your voice? Lucille, what is your voice? Hey, Zoya. Um, yeah, I think, I think your voice reflects, you know, just who, who you are. For me, that's what my voice is and what, what, what it means. And I think why, you know, I've, I've chosen to actually be a part of these sessions, especially, you know, today is I struggle with managing my voice. Like I, I, just, I just put it down there on, in the chat. You know, when I'm presenting, I tend to speak too fast when I'm nervous. And then I'm thinking, you know, I'm sort of, I'm thinking and then I want to speak. And then I realize, oh, um, are people actually still listening to what I'm saying? Have I said too much? Have I said the wrong thing? So as I'm speaking, I'm trying to control my voice. I'm trying to control what it is that I'm trying to land across to an audience. And then, and then the nerves kick in and then you think, no, I'm bad at this. No, my voice doesn't sound too. Then you start doubting yourself. So I think your voice is who you are. So if, you know, especially when I start doubting myself and my voice, that's basically doubting my abilities and, and, and all of that. So I think your voice is actually, it's actually who you are. And, and I just want to make it, I want to make it better. Um, and, and, and that is why I'm actually here today. 100%. So, yeah. So thank you for that, Lucille, because, I mean, I love all of the contributions you've made. And I think in the follow-on sessions, you'll see, Lucille, that one of the things that suffers the most when we are, you know, caught up by the nerves, uh, when we're sort of standing in front of a group of people, I'm nervous. One of the first things to suffer is actually your voice. And in, in, the, in the session on nerves, I'm going to tell you what's happening physiologically that actually causes that. I'll talk to it, you know, a little bit here as well as I explain, kind of in a very biological sense, what is the voice? But colleagues, at a deeper level, you know, I agree with you, Lucille, that your voice is who you are, right? Your voice, when we talk about kind of what's your voice, it's what you stand for. It's what when you open your mouth and you communicate, um, you're able to, uh, you know, you're able to share about who you are, connecting with people, uh, connecting with the audiences and certainly driving the message that you intend to drive. The Be Heard program, and I'm sorry, Lucille, that you're joining at this point, but, but I think, you know, at the very beginning of the Be Heard program, uh, we underscored the importance of uh, the value that everybody has to contribute. We said the premise of the program is that everyone has something of value to contribute. And until you're able to be very clear about that, you know, you're unable to then allow that authentic voice to come through. So some of that we've spoken to a little bit in the earlier sessions, but colleagues, when we come to this work on voice, it connects to what we spoke to earlier. I spoke about power presence and I said, when you step into a space, what do you bring into that space? When you leave that space, what are you leaving behind? So really being grounded in who you are and the value that you bring and then following that with liberating that which is inside of you. And we call that the voice. 
liberating your thinking, liberating what you feel, sharing that because you're grounded in who you are and you have a very clear sense that you have value to contribute. So it connects to the sessions that we have done before around really owning who you are and what you bring um, to each space that you come into. Okay, Mutaris is the sound that comes out from you when you speak. Absolutely. So it is, in a very literal sense, it's the sound that comes out of you when you speak, certainly. But I think additional to that, Mutari, it also is about who Mutari is. Uh, when you open your mouth to communicate with people, you will appreciate, colleagues, that there is some kind of impression um, that is made. Um, I often get the feedback that, yo, you sound so eloquent, you know, you sound like somebody who's poised uh, just because of what we hear when you open your mouth and you speak. And so there are so many other things than just kind of, you know, what comes out when we speak. It's also how that is received by others. And I think we need to appreciate that as well. Okay, so, so let's make it quite practical. And let me help you, first of all, with an understanding of how this whole voice thing works, okay? So I think we don't think enough about the question, what is my voice? And, and one of the things I want to position or plant the seed uh, with, you know, with, with you around is, what is my voice? What is my voice? You know, when I step into a space and I open my mouth, right, to say something, to contribute, what am I trying to, you know, uh, uh, leave behind with those people? What do I want them to think? The essence about who I am that I'm trying to get out. Uh, wanting to plant that in your minds, colleagues, what is my voice? What is my voice um, is the question I want to leave there. So, you know, in, in very practical terms, uh, you know, the voice really is the sound we make. And we make that sound when air passes through uh, our voice box. So all of us have a little voice box and it sits at the top of your esophagus. So this little thing here going down here where your food it goes down is called the esophagus. At the top of your esophagus is something called a voice box, okay? And so uh, if you imagine that you've got like a little box that sits here. Now, what happens is that you've got two little flaps, okay? So you've got a box and inside this box, at the top of this box, you must imagine two little flaps that do this. When you get nervous, Lucille, when you start to have those moments of self-doubt, right? And remember I said that voice is produced when sound moves through, right? The voice box. And it actually goes through these things. These are called your vocal cords, okay? And so these flaps are moving quite nicely. You're relaxed. When you get nervous, when you start to have those narratives around self-doubt and all of that, all of a sudden you don't have air moving readily through, uh, you, know, those, that, you know, those flaps, your vocal cords. You're unable to release your voice. That's why you get stuck, right? Because I can't even breathe. I can't think or I'm thinking about the fact that, oh, this is so uncomfortable. You know, what are they thinking about me, etc.? You literally feel like something is stuck here. Your voice actually feels like it's a little bit stuck there. And this is because you're unable to have that free flow of air that allows for that voice to be released. And this is the impact of those nerves when we don't know how to control them. This is the impact of that internal narrative when we're unable to take that narrative and go, what, how can I make this a more affirming narrative? How can I make this narrative one that serves me instead of to absolutely disempower me in that moment? And so your voice box um, sitting over here, you've got this wonderful voice that's coming through being produced. Now, most of us are born with a voice. Believe it or not, there are some people who are born without a voice, but most of us are born with a voice. And I think, you know, it's important to know why this is so. Colleagues, you know, when, and, and, and I've, I've got little children, 
You know, we use that voice first and foremost to communicate our most basic needs. And this is me underscoring the importance of your voice. It wasn't a mistake that you are born with a voice. It's intended for a purpose. So we use it to communicate our most basic needs. So, uh, you know, if I go back to the example of the children, I say as babies, you know, babies will cry because they are sending some kind of message. That crying is use of the voice. And they're communicating to you what their needs are. That crying language gradually becomes understood by the caregivers because it provides them with information about the needs of that baby. Okay? And so it is critical for you to understand that there's a reason why you have a voice. And so you've got to know how to use your voice powerfully. So your voice really is to aid communication. Aid communication. And yet we are not using these voices to their full extent. Okay, and so I just wanted to position all of that up front as it relates to this powerful instrument called your voice. So let's go back to the slides and let's unpack some of what we spoke to earlier about what makes that good quality voice. So you'll appreciate that we'd said, uh, you know, first and foremost, we're speaking about volume, how loud or how soft your voice can go. Um, let's do a little bit of a, 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 an audit of your own voice using the chat function, is your voice loud? Is your voice soft? Is it in between? What kind of, uh, you know, volume uh, would you say your, your voice is? Or, or what kind of volume do you use? Uh, are you somebody who's described as quite loud? Are you somebody who, when you present, is, is quite soft? You're inaudible. We can't hear you. Volume. On a rating of one to five, one being soft, five being loud, where would you place yourself? Okay, so Lucille says in between three, Curious, Lucille, does it stay at three or do you vary it between? Um, I think it depends in the, on the room. So if the room is a fairly small room, it would probably be a lot softer because it's an intimate session. But if I'm presenting to a, a slightly larger audience, then I would go up to two or three. But naturally, I'm not a very loud person, so I would never go up to a five, for example. So that's why I'm thinking max for me would, would probably be three. Okay, so sitting kind of average, but you do um, then obviously modulate it relative to the size of the room, et cetera, et cetera. But very well aware that perhaps yours is not the loudest sounding voice in the room. Um, and there might even be a little bit of discomfort around that particular, being able to take it to that level of loudness. Um, it's very interesting, colleagues, you know, uh, when we do this work and we look at the differences between men and women, um, when we ask the men, uh, you know, to, to kind of raise their voices. Um, this is something that I think uh, in terms of, you know, the, the, the roles that men occupy, kind of the, the, the stereotypes around what's expected of a man. Uh, men will go to five and six and seven and beyond. <laughs> if we ask them to raise their voices, a lot of the female clients that we work with um, will often tell us, no, 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 um, I'm unable to, to, to go too, too loud. And um, it starts to feel a little bit peculiar, um, it feels like who I am, I'm, I'm not ladylike now. You know, it's not ladylike to scream uh, or to speak particularly loudly. Very interesting things. Mutani says she's a five. Dudu says I can project well, et cetera, et cetera. So, so if, we, if we bring us back to, to your presentations, I think we'll appreciate, colleagues, that speaking too loudly or too softly can become a distraction. So it's useful for us certainly to employ that moderate volume uh, with variances depending uh, you know on, on on the subject at hand 
Uh, I can in my presentation start loud because I want to pull my audience in. Um, I could go softer because I want to create anticipation and we'll do exercises later, Lucille. But I think it's useful to just find a middle ground and then you're going to use your volume going up or down to emphasize a particular point. Uh, so what is your middle ground? And then how do you move uh, you know, from that middle ground either to go up or to go down for the specific purpose of emphasizing? So if you're saying, I recognize my side that I'm a two, you need to really say, how can I push that up a notch to get to a middle ground? Because potentially I could be coming across as too soft. People can't hear me, they struggle. And so my messages may get lost in translation as a result of that. Uh, be mindful and be careful of that one. So volume, really saying, find a middle ground and then work up or work down from that for the specific point of emphasis. Too many of us are sticking to that three. That's why I asked the question to Lucille, do you then modulate? Do you go up and down? Or is it kind of just a stock standard? This is the speaking range. And I never explore anything beyond that. And then, of course, we come to the second one. Remember, we said it was rate or pace. And this is where you speak fast or slow. Uh, you know, when we speak too fast, you'll appreciate, colleagues, that we don't allow our audience a sufficient time to process what we are sharing. This is an important one uh, because what happens is that I share what I am sharing. It lands with the person. So first of all, they hear it. Then it goes through, you know, a series where they then need to, you know, take that, interpret it, make sense of what you are saying uh, to facilitate some kind of understanding. When we're speaking too fast, we don't allow, uh, you know, people to, to process, to take in, to digest what we are saying. Uh, there are some of us who never pause. <laughs> when we are speaking, we don't allow for people to really take it in, particularly after asking a question. This is a critical one. If you've posed a question to your audience, allow time for that question to sink in and then keep it going. So there's a specific uh, or there's specific places where you really can be forced or force yourself to slow down. If you pick up that I'm somebody who speaks particularly fast, pause to allow for people to take things in. A good place to do that is if you've made a bold statement, exclamation mark, pause. A good place to do that is if you've asked a question, question mark, pause. And so those are some of the ways in which we can assist ourselves to slow things down. But of course, colleagues, you know, uh, you know, if we also do the opposite of that, <laughs> when we deliver our presentations too slowly, I'm sure you can appreciate that it can send our audiences to sleep. And I've repeatedly said on this program that nothing is worse. I said, audiences will forgive us anything but a boring presentation. So please, uh, you know, if you do pick up uh, as you're reading the room that people are falling asleep, Lucille, um, that maybe it's about you needing to pick up your rate or your pace a little bit uh, to keep them on their toes. Again, here I'm saying, uh, please, 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 it is about finding that middle ground and then again, using or bringing in variations to add color to your message. And I think this is when we start to speak about vocal variety. So for rate or for pace, give yourself a score out of five, one to five, where are you at? Uh, do you speak very slowly? Could you improve this? Uh, is this the feedback people have given you? Yo, you speak a bit too slow. No one actually tells people when they speak slow. <laughs> <laughs> we're scared that they'll think we think they're boring. And so we don't tell them. Uh, but, you know, what's the feedback you've gotten? Perhaps you speak too fast. You swallow your words. 
And this could be a consequence of nerves. Let's hear from you on the chat. One, four, I am particularly slow when I speak or five. I speak incredibly fast and sometimes people lose track and they disconnect because I'm speaking too fast. One to five, where do you sit? Okay, so Dudu says uh, moderate to a bit fast, too fast when nervous. And if I try to pause, I keep saying um, um, to fill that pause gap, which can be awkward. Mutadi um, says I speak fast, like a four. Malizati uh, says four. So a lot of us kind of saying that we're recognizing that perhaps we might speak a little bit too fast and need to do some of that work of pausing. So here's the thing. Sometimes we speak fast because actually we just want to get this presentation over and done with. And so sometimes I just want to get it over and done with, and I just am rambling. I'm just going. I just want to get this thing done. Uh, if you're aware that you are sitting at about a four, here's an opportunity for you to say perhaps aspirational could be to really become somebody who speaks at a moderate pace, and then we'll add those variances for the purposes of effect. Nerves contribute a huge deal to speaking fast. The more nervous you are, the faster you are going to speak. So when we address the issue around nerves, and I think we look at nerves next week or the week after, when we address the issues around nerves, uh, we're going to look at different ways. But today already, I'll try and see if I can get to breathing. Breathing is one of the most effective ways, colleagues, just to slow yourself down. Take a breath between. So you say a sentence, breath, continue, speak, speak, speak a couple of sentences, breathe in, continue. Now, you're obviously not going to be in the middle of your presentations doing a, okay, but it is just that reminder to yourself, take a deep breath in, release just for that couple of seconds to enable you to consciously slow yourself down. But of course, the starting point is to identify, do I speak naturally fast? And does this, uh, you know, get heightened by when I'm feeling particularly nervous? This is what most of us do. Okay. So let's go to the next one, which is pitch. Uh, this is one of my favorites and we'll do a little activity just now. Uh, so pitch is how high or low you can go. There's that wonderful uh, uh, saying or song, how low can you go? Uh, <laughs> so this speaks to the frequency of your voice. Um, most people don't use, we don't use pitch a lot. Um, it's not something that we make you know, use of a lot. We don't really like to shriek. Uh, a shrieky voice is not particularly uh, interesting to listen to, uh, but that deep midnight DJ bass uh, that was described earlier might be more the preference. So pitch is really about that. And I want us to do a little bit of uh, a fun activity, colleagues. And this is where you're going to unmute yourselves. We'll do it one by one. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, if you're able to, uh, you know, based on where you are sitting, situated, whatever space you are in, hopefully you can join in the activity. So I'm going to ask, uh, Mutari, are you in the session? Oh, okay, perfect. So, Mudari, you're going to have a little bit of fun with me, okay? And uh, I think you may have done this activity with me before. And I want you to imagine that there is somebody who is high up, sitting high up there in the sky, okay? okay. And this person can be your friend, can be whatever. But there's somebody. So, if you look up, you don't see a roof. You see somebody who's sitting high up in the sky, and you're going to use the power of your voice to bring them all the way from where they are to where you are, okay? And okay. the words you are going to use are, hey, you up there, 
calm down, okay? okay? And you're going to use pitch. So pitch is how high or how low you can go. So an example would be, you're going to start at a high pitch because you want to reach them up there in the sky and you're going to use the power of your voice to bring them all the way down. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm going to show you an example, Mudari, just to help you along. Okay. So you're going to go, hey, you up there, come <laughs> okay, and so it. what you do here is you're really exploring your range colleagues we don't play this instrument that is our voice often enough and so you're going to go high pitch and all the way and really challenge yourself uh, let's hear from you Mojali. can you do that hey you up there come down okay <laughs> <laughs> That was lovely. That was wonderful. Okay. And so we're going to challenge you around those lower registers. And so if you need to even physically go down and really extend, uh, you know, the range of the deep or, or, or those lower ranges of your voice. Um, Dudu, are you keen to explore? Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Hey. Oh, that was lovely. Do you see how, I mean, it's so beautiful. Just listening to yours, yours goes a little bit deeper even. You've got some depth there. Okay, hey, let's go for it. Hey, no, up there, come down. <laughs> I want you to go down, sister. You're not going down at all. Come down. No, come down. <laughs> you up there. Come down. <laughs> almost, almost. We need to extend those lower registers. Lucille, over to you. Okay, cool. Um, hey, you up there. Come down. There's Lucille keeping it here. Remember, Lucille says, no, nah, just here. Yeah. <laughs> it's all here. I'm keeping <laughs> it sounds safe. very tidy and nicely packaged, right? And so we're going to extend from three to one on that very high pitchy scale. And we're going to extend from three to five on the depth. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, you up there. Come down. Much better. So you're going to keep practicing because here's the thing, colleagues. It shouldn't feel comfortable. It should feel slightly uncomfortable because this challenges you out of your everyday speaking range. So, so that's exactly the point. It needs to feel like, yo, I don't speak like this. This is not me. <laughs> right? Because it isn't. It isn't how you're speaking on a day-to-day. -day. But what you're doing is you're assisting your voice to just extend that register. Now, all of a sudden, you're becoming aware that it can go a little bit deeper. It can go a little bit higher. And I can start to bring in these variations into some of my presentations to bring that dynamism that we you know, spoke about earlier. It's again, last one. Hey, you up there. Come down. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> thank you, Ita King. Thank you, thank you. So, colleagues, that's just a very 
very simple, silly activity, certainly. But one of the activities that you can assist um, or that you can do rather to assist you to start to learn to play that wonderful instrument. Um, that is your voice. Okay. So it's a, it's a piano, it's a saxophone, whatever the case might be. It's a wonderful instrument. Really start to, to stretch yourself in terms of that. Okay. Similarly, we could do the same activity with the volume. So it could be, hey, you up there, speak loudly. And then speak it really soft. Hey, you up there, come down. Okay. So start to do that. Challenge your voice. Go beyond kind of the volume that you ordinarily would employ so that you can extend, extend all the time. Same with a pace. Pick it up, right? Hey, you. Uh, sorry, slow it down. Hey, you up there, come down. Or, hey, you up there, come down. Hey, you up there, come down. Whatever. All of that is just you teaching and training your voice um, to use all of these different components that contribute to that quality that we're trying to achieve. And then, of course, we spoke to energy. Uh, this speaks to the rhythm of your voice. So an energetic voice is upbeat. An energetic voice has, has a steady stream of energy flowing through it. Okay? And this can have a powerful effect on people who are listening to you. It makes them want to sit up and listen to you present. But, you know, similarly, or on the other hand, a voice that's lacking in energy can come across as dull and lackluster. Okay? Requiring effort from you to make others to hear you. So, again, think about your own voice at this point from an energy level. Where might you score, or you know, what, what might you score your voice energy? Do you get a sense that there is energy in your voice, or is it always tired and dull and lackluster? Energy, one to five. One is I have a low energy voice. Okay, it's a low energy, it's tired. Five is I've got a very high energy voice. You've got those people as well who are so high energy, you are like, yo. <laughs> Energy, score out of five. One, low energy. Five, very high energy. Three, I think I got a bit of energy. So Lucille, we're scoring ourselves on energy. Dudu says three to four. I agree with that. Having listened to the previous activity, we're scoring ourselves on energy, Lucille. One to five. One, low energy voice, lackluster, dull. Five, very high energy voice. And of course, three in between. When you're tired or hungry, uh, it's one, it's dull. <laughs> so if you're tired or hungry before a presentation, Mutari, or in fact, maybe what we must say is you mustn't be tired or hungry before a presentation. Uh, absolutely. Okay. So colleagues, energy becomes important in terms um, of that voice as well. There's a TED Talk we're going to send you uh, by Julian Treasure, which really is about, you know, how to talk uh, so that people want to listen want to engage with you. Okay, so next up, I'm going to ask us just to have a little bit of fun again with the voice. And this time I'm really wanting to focus on how do we then bring all of this together uh, to ensure that we can include this in our presentations, okay? So I'm going to talk about uh, how we can use a combination of volume, so how high or low, and rate or pace, which is how fast or slow. Okay, we have said that uh, the premise of this program is we all have something of value to contribute. And so that's the sentence I want us to use for the activity. We all have something of value to contribute. Okay, and so I'm going to ask Malitzadzi 
you are going to say we all have something of value to contribute very loud and very fast. Now, this activity, colleagues, is going to work relative to our willingness to exaggerate. So I want you to really, if I'm asking you to be loud and fast, don't do it kind of in your normal loud or fast. Go really loud, go really fast, okay? And then you're going to be able to see the differences. So really loud, Malitati, and really fast, you're going to say, we all have something of value to contribute. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. We all have something of value to contribute. Okay, pick it up a little bit faster. We all have something of value to contribute. Wonderful. So let's hear from the other colleagues. Beautifully done, Malitati. Go for that second one. What did you hear there? Everyone's allowed to talk. <laughs> oh, it's just yeah, that if I they get so. kicked out, it's just that if they get kicked out, it will then generate for them to then need to be allowed to talk. I see. Okay, perfect. So, colleagues, uh, just step into plenary, unmute yourself, and just let's share. So, what did we hear there? So, Mothari says passion. What else did we hear with that particular voice? Let's it decays unmuted. It decays unmuted. Okay, okay. so let's hear from you. Yeah. Okay, great. So, so we heard passion. Uh, what else did we hear? I also heard some excitement. So you had passion, you had excitement. Malzati, talk to me. When you did that, how did you feel afterwards? What was kind of going through your, your mind? How did you feel, actually? I felt like I was stepping into my normal voice, commanding, you know, respect and power. Uh, so it said, wake up, pay attention. Uh, Malzati says, yo, I felt there was like a surge of power. Uh, uh, passion, excitement, etc. Wonderful. Now let's go to the. I uh, won't go to the opposite of that. Let's go for loud and slow. So this was loud and fast. Let's go for loud and slow. I want somebody who can give us loud and slow. You can volunteer yourself, and you're going to say we all have something of value to contribute. We all have something of value. Oh, that's fast. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you caught yourself. That was very fast. We all have something of value to contribute. Okay, I don't think it was loud enough, but I'll take it. We all have something of value to contribute. Okay, and I went a bit faster. So, so colleagues, what did you hear in that one? Think about that first one. Think about this one. What was the difference between the two? I, I'm not sure. Okay, so I'm going to do it, right? And I want you to listen. We all have something of value to contribute. What's the difference, colleagues? So emphasis on the words spoken, certainly. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? What am I, as I'm saying it like that, what are you hearing? Okay, so Mutari says, I feel like uh, you're saying something important and I have to pay attention. Absolutely. So colleagues, the biggest distinction between the two, the loud and fast and the loud and slow. The loud and fast is what you typically might hear uh, in a hypermarket as somebody speaking over a loudspeaker. It's passionate. It's excited. Right. And so we call that the voice of excitement. This is 
is the voice you might employ when you really want to get people kind of to lean in what's happening we want to find out more at the beginning of your presentation you want people to really you remember we spoke about how you want to capture the attention of your audience from the get-go you want to pick up on the pace you want to pick up on the volume why because you want to get your audiences going what is coming what's so exciting what's the passion what's the story i can't wait to hear what they're going to share next so raise your volume and pick up the pace for a little bit of energy and excitement. We call that the voice of excitement. If you think about this last one that I used, you know, when you are giving uh, somebody, when you're reprimanding somebody, and I hate to use this example, but these are the things we do. I've seen it a lot when, when parents are talking to children. Hey, do you hear what I am saying to you? It, it's slow, it gets a bit loud, and it slows down. The second one is what we call the voice of authority, colleagues. If you think about uh, the figure of Julius Malema, Malema doesn't speak fast. When he's speaking to the electorate, the masses, he is loud and he is deliberately slow. We call that the voice of authority. You slow things down, you raise the volume a little bit. And we say there's something authoritative sounding. And of course, we know what this is, you know, it's, 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 a, it's based on kind of, and I'm going to veer in a, in a direction that, that has nothing to do with anything, but it does tend to speak to more kind of the patriarchal structure. So when you raise your voice, you speak a little bit slower, there is the sense that it starts to command a little bit of authority. It's a lot more authoritative sounding. So think about presentations and spaces where you might be able to include this type of, uh, you know, voice. I want to drive a very specific message home. I am serious about this. I really want to land this message with you in this way. So this is where you're wanting to maybe issue a serious call to action. This is where you're saying no more time for playing games. It's really getting them kind of to dig deep within themselves. Often he slows things down. Think about those movies. He will slow things down. He might not always raise the volume, but he definitely slows things down. And listen, now is crunch time. And so this is where you're wanting to convey a sense of, uh, you know, authority. Uh, let's go to the last two. Uh, so the last two are going to be, again, if you can play along with us, please. Uh, the first one I want the one I want you to do is I want you to speak really fast, it again, but very softly. We all have something of value to contribute. Very fast and very soft, it again. We all have something of value to contribute. Okay, can you say that a little bit faster for me, please? We all have something of value to contribute. Okay, what does it sound like? What does it sound like, colleagues? We all have something of value to contribute. What does that sound like? It sounds urgent. It sounds what? It again? Keep quiet. Just listen to what you have to do. You know? like I would say that yes. to my kids. It sounds like a whisper. It sounds like a yeah. gossip. It sounds like it's unsure. So what we say this one is, colleagues, we all have something of value to contribute. This one we actually call the voice of anticipation. This is what you might hear if you're walking down the passage in the days of face-to-face -face and people were standing in a corner and going... <laughs> and what happens is it actually causes you to go, hmm, I wonder what they're saying, okay? We call this the voice of anticipation. If you want people to lean in, can I tell you what's coming? 
So you actually do go a little bit softer on the voice, a little bit softer, and you pick up the pace a little bit, and it creates that feeling of, hmm, I wonder what's coming, okay? So we call this the voice of anticipation. And of course, the final one, colleagues, is where you just have the moderate voice and the moderate volume. So we all have something of value to contribute. It's sincere sounding. We call this the authentic sounding voice. And maybe just to project here. And so just, you know, you can see here that using a combination of just volume and rate, what you then can do is to start to bring in color, variety to your presentations. The voice of, I started, we started with excitement and I said the voice of excitement is the one you're going to use to really get people to sit up in their seats and to go, I wonder what's coming. I love to use it, particularly in introductions. It's exciting. It says something is coming. Uh, you know, we pick up that rate. It's faster. It's louder. It says, imagine the person, sorry, imagine somebody who is in a hypermarket selling. Okay. You might use this as well if you're selling something. Um, this is really excited and it's passionate, etc. If you go to the opposite end of the spectrum, we go for the voice that is the opposite of that is the authentic sounding voice. Uh, and here, authenticity doesn't mean, you know, it's more real or whatever. This just speaks to the everyday voice that we employ. So typically, we're speaking in kind of a moderate to soft uh, volume and rate. We're not speaking particularly fast necessarily. It's just a moderate pace. And it's a moderate volume, and that's called the voice of authenticity. If we go up to anticipation, this is where we go really, really fast, but we reduce the volume. And it's a sense of kind of something that's coming. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a surprise that's coming. You're going to make an announcement. Lovely uh, anticipation created by reducing that volume and picking up the pace. And, of course, that final one, which is the voice of authority, where we're saying it's loud, and very, very slow. So it's slow and it's loud. So high volume, um, but very slow pace or rate. And you're able to achieve authority. Here I say use it in a call to action. Use it if you're having a serious conversation and want to drive a particular point home. But these are some of the ways in which you can start to incorporate some using something as basic as rate and volume. These are the ways you can start to add color um, and variety into your presentations. And then, of course, colleagues, you know, just as we wrap it up, um, there are a couple of activities that we then can do. Um, to assist us. So remember I said, when you have nerves, when you're feeling particularly nervous, there's a narrative that's playing in your mind. Those feelings of self-doubt have crept up, etc. It is going to impact the quality of the voice that you're then going to be able to share. And so we do need to work with those. Now, breathing is one of the most critical things uh, that we're going to need to learn how to work with as we, uh, you know, try to have good quality sounding voices. And so, uh, you know, if you're sitting where you are, sitting comfortably in your chair, uncross legs, uncross hands, uh, you're going to do a four breath count. So four breaths in, four breaths out. And breathing is one of those things that is actually going to assist you to just get to a regulated state. Now I can allow that air to flow, uh, you know, through that voice box, past those wonderful flapping cords and, uh, you know, uh, get out a quality sounding voice. And so all you do, colleagues, is you just do a four in, four out. So it's in through the nose, one, two, three, four. And then you release it through the mouth two, three, 
form. And so you do a couple of those breathing activities just to assist yourself. You can do these in the moment in your presentations. This is the beauty about breath work, that you don't have to go and sit in one corner, one side far away from people um, in order for you to be able to breathe. In the moment, as you catch yourself picking up pace, speaking a little bit too fast. In the moment where you pick up, maybe a little bit soft here uh, because I'm quite nervous, uh, then you're able to just pace yourself and to say, okay, I recognize that it's coming from that place of I'm nervous, I'm stressed, I'm wondering what they're all thinking about me, et cetera, and I'm just going to breathe. And as you breathe, remember in the earlier sessions I said, don't focus or center your attention on them, Okay. Because being heard isn't about who's in the room. Being heard is about what you bring to the room. So whether there is the CEO, whether there is the COO, whether there is uh, your manager, whether there is a junior, whether there is a peer, that need not stand in the way of the value that you're going to bring. And so as you do that breathing in and out, you're then changing that internal narrative from them to I'm actually here to add value. Because I know that I have something of value to contribute. Breathing in, breathing out, I'm here to add value. I have something of value to contribute. And so that narrative at play, coupled with the, the, the physical process of breathing, self-regulating using breath, assists you to a place where you're feeling a bit more centered um, and you're able to then employ a good quality sounding voice. So colleagues, just as we wrap it up, I'm sorry for those of you who are not able to, you know, be fully present because of connectivity issues, but really to say there's an opportunity for you to go back and to start to apply some of this, uh, do those activities where you stretch this register, that is your voice, play your beautiful instrument, play it, play it, play it, practice playing it, uh, close the door, tell them you need to do some strange activities because the lady said you've got an instrument and you need to play that instrument. Um, and then, of course, most importantly, to remember, colleagues, that your voice really is uh, one of the ways in which you're able to showcase who you are at your core. You have a voice. I say you have a heart, you have a voice and you have a story to tell. The only way for your story to be heard is going to be through this primary medium that is your voice. So let's work on our voices to build quality voices. Let's step into spaces no matter where they are and bring the fullness of who we are um, as we contribute value. So colleagues, that's it for uh, this week. Thank you for your contributions. Uh, do remember, colleagues, that we really are touching on the surface of what is a much more intensive program. We've brought you these one-hour sessions uh, just to say, here's a sneak peek into what is a broader three-month program, actually. You know, so if you're interested in the broader package, do reach out um, and we'll certainly engage with you. But thank you so much for joining today. And I wish you all a great rest of the afternoon. I'll see you next week. And I think next week is that beautiful one where we're going to look at overcoming nervous habits. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a well-known fact that over 60% of people suffer uh, with nervous habits, I'm going to assist you next week to really understand what are these nerves? Where do they come from? Why do I go through the panic and the stress I go through? And then what are the ways in which I can deal with these nerves? So uh, that's what we'll cover in next week's session. Thank you so much, colleagues, for your time and uh, all of the best as you apply these back into uh, your workspaces, your personal spaces. Have a good one. Cheers.
You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.